0: Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana fejo talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I'm being brave live on the podcast again, but I'm not singing, you can relax, that's not happening today. I'm just going to share something I was thinking about the other day, and that I fear <laughs> may get you to think, oh what does a motherfucker think she's saying? What? Oh. Or even, you know, we've discussed in this episode that you're about to listen, and I think in a couple of episodes that have already been shared, the the idea of the really cocky person that will come in and say they are brave. Yes, we, I am brave. I know I've been brave. Because most of the people who have been in a podcast have had a hard time... Admitting they were brave. So yeah, does that person exist? And I'm part of me, (laughs) in what I'm about to share with you, wonders if I am being that person. I can't really remember what led me to this train of thought, but it was either like an opinion piece or some tweet, something like that, where someone was saying that people aren't as vocal on social media because... They then get people piling up on them, and they brought up the death threat situation that happens to so many people online. And that that is true. I agree with that. Uh, yes, that is terrible. Social media pileups are terrible. I agree with that. But you know that idea that we've also talked about throughout the episodes of Dowdy? that you may be more comfortable doing something someone else isn't comfortable in doing because of either life experiences you've had or the slightly different way maybe you see the world. That opinion, tweet, whatever it was, I read it short after I was reminiscing (laughs) about a moment uh, when I was younger. My mom's a lawyer in Portugal, and in this one occasion, she was part of this public auction of the goods and property of this one person that had a bunch of debts. Some of which were to my mom's client. He owed money to my mom's client. And this person who had all these debts made some threats to my mom. And then, on the day of the public auction, he came into court with a gun. He shot at my mom. My mom was very fast or intuitive. I think that's what you would say she was because she went under the the wooden bench she was sitting on before she saw any gun. No bullet caught her because she hit on time. And that was the only death threat my mom got that actually got activated on. <laughs> Because she had had death threats before that. And we are from a very quiet country, in a, from a very small town in in this very quiet country, a very s- quiet small t- town in a very quiet s- small country. So, you know, like, <laughs> odd. But that that happens. And that made me realize something about the way I maybe deal with social media. And she was also like a very public person. She was she was one, one of the first or the first woman lawyer in our hometown. And she was in politics. She had like um, a role in local politics. People knew I was her daughter. So there was also always this idea that people around me were watching me. And I think both those things probably frame the way I deal with social media a little bit. Because yes, I was always watched, and I always... Or it always felt like I was being watched. And I always knew ways to not share all, all that I wanted to share in those public spaces. And I learned with time, there are some things I can't share. I don't need to like hide in the corner the whole time so people don't notice me. And that was a learning process that's still happening. But yes, I've learned that I can keep some things back and give others. And that is part of what I do with social media. Also, the fact that those death threats my mom got, which were way less than someone can get when they post something on social media that garners that reaction, were way more close. They were people that lived in the same city or surroundings, they were within a distance that could richer. They knew where she worked, they knew where she lived. So it's a way more <laughs> real threat. I don't consider myself brave for openly sharing and oversharing things on social media and sharing my opinion. Because the experience I had growing up framed the way I see that behavior and the palpable threat. I don't know. These are probably just ramblings of someone who's spending just a lot of time by herself. As for Doughty, this episode starts as it always does with my guest, Winston Carter, introducing himself.
1: My name is Winston Carter. I am a writer and comedian in Los Angeles. And a musician, yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. That's
0: it. <laughs> it's cool because there is, like, uh, when I write the um, the blurb for the episodes, mm-hmm. it's always, like, most people I have on have, like, several things they do. So mm-hmm. it's, like, uh, writer, comedian, yeah. musician, instant cartoon, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. Uh, account-
1: <laughs> mostly an account. No, I don't do accounting. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm only re- now starting to call myself a writer, so... I'm leading with that. I'm pushing hard towards that one.
0: That's good. I think that's like they say, dress for the job you want. Just yes. whatever mm-hmm. that is in in like just te- say the yeah. job you want. Pajama pants forever. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's, that's, that's my writer. That's how I'm gonna do
0: it. How would you define bravery?
1: How do I? Do, I think bravery is doing something even though it scares you. Yeah, that's it. That's the. I was, I thought it was going to go on, but no, that's, I think that's it. I think doing something, even though it scares you.
0: Yeah, that feels right. You were telling me you were nervous about the podcast. So are you being brave right now? I, I well, I was, it's more,
1: I realized I was very nervous about, about being saying I'm brave, I'm a brave person, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. The idea of being like, yeah, I'm brave, uh, just sounds so, I don't, it just does not. It, sounds, it stresses me out in a way that I was not anticipating. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was really kind of dealing with that, and I even like reached out to family. I was like, "Have I done anything brave in my life?" And they had to like respond because I was like, "I don't, I don't know." And I, so I had to like kind of restructure how I think about bravery mm-hmm. uh, with regards to me to do this. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. It, it is funny because I recorded an episode yesterday, and at the end we've reached the conclusion that I should have someone on that, I don't know, a cocky person, like, a really cocky person mm-hmm. that's like, oh, I am brave. Because <laughs> no one yeah. ever says they're brave. And I wonder if that person exists or even like if the cockiest, cockiest person will still have trouble admitting they're brave.
1: <laughs> no, for sure that person exists. <laughs> for sure they exist. Someone who truly is like, yeah, I'm brave all the time. Yeah, I well, I think it's, I for me it was like, if you, if you say bravery, I'm like, well, I've never, like, rescued someone. So that's most of my framework. Like, I've never been like, oh, that ship is sinking. Let me dive into the water. <laughs> so, because we're not put in situations that are life or death. Most of us ever. So I had to kind of, like, be like, okay, what scares people that I've done? Uh, what scared me that I still did? Yeah, and even then, no one, no one wants to... Especially on like a like in recorded medium that I'm in control. I'm in control of everything I say, and I want to be like. Here's all the times I was. I was. You should envy me and aspire <laughs> to be me. And I want to inspire you. I. I don't. Ugh. 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 I'm already full of myself. I don't need to be full of myself. Also recording it. If that makes sense.
0: But that's what I'm going to ask you to do next. Yeah. Yeah. Talk trying, about yeah. moments in your life. In which you have been brave. So uh, what were those? <laughs> um, oh, boy. So
1: the biggest one that I can think of. So I'm, I'm, fra- I'm framing this around, like, things that were scary that I did anyway. So I would say leaving home probably is maybe like, like, and it wasn't even I moved in with family. <clears throat> Here's where I'm going to qualify it as I'm not really brave. Uh, I'm going to spend a bunch of time saying that. But I do think I I was able to leave the, I'm from Oklahoma, which is a really small state. I was living in a town called Stillwater that was a college town that had like 50,000 people in it when school was in session and maybe 25 when school wasn't. So like really small. And I moved to Jacksonville, Florida, which is a city of three or 4 million people to live with family and like totally like take myself away from my friends and all of this. And that I think is like maybe the brave thing I did that, and even then I still had like a family framework to work with but mm-hmm. that felt and looking back that led to things i other things i've done that have scared me but have scared me less because of it. So is that an acceptable answer? Yeah, <laughs> <know>. yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> it is and i like moving is a big thing a, b- mm. a big bravery thing. No. Uh even if you may or may not have felt that it was at the time. Mm. Why did you move? Uh i knew
1: it was uh i had a feeling that if I stayed in Oklahoma, I would never leave, and so I was. Uh, this was what two thousand nine. I had stayed in this small town for a year after graduating college and just working at like pizza restaurant, a pizza restaurant. And, like, essentially, I spent like a like a post college gap year where I just like drank a bunch and hung out, and it was really fun. And uh, I could see that like oh, if I stay doing this, this will this is going to be my life very quick. And not that that's a bad life, but that's just not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And while Jacksonville, Florida, which is like, if you don't know, it's like the northern part. It's almost Georgia. It's not not what you would think of when you would think Florida, but also not like the traditional south. It's a very weird city. Was not necessarily like the goal for me, but it was like, it'll get me out of where I'm at. It'll change my life. And then from there, I can find another job and figure it out.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, And was it because it was like, as you said, it was not like your final goal, Mm -hmm. but it was sort of a stepping stone to getting in other places. So you needed something Mm -hmm. that was that uh, needed you to be brave to do it, but also like in a in a measure that wasn't as scary as going for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, If I had come straight to because I live in Los Angeles now and if I had come straight to L.A., I, I don't think it would have gone great. Uh, I do need some kind of framework. <laughs> like, like, I've learned, like, okay, I need to know some people in the city I moved to. So I was lucky. Yeah, it gave me, like, a really good base. And at least, like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go. I won't be homeless wherever I move to. <laughs> like, that's really the goal. So uh, luckily I had I a family that my brother and my sister-in-law, and there at the time three children, were uh, gracious enough to take me in. So I was like uh, working and then also kind of a part-time nanny to my nephews, but not, I mean, I was just helping out, Mm -hmm. but I knew like, if I didn't move then I could already sense the, this is very comfortable. I'm very cool. Like I feel fun here. I'm enjoying the, the people I know, but I also like have aspirations that I have to push further for. So if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And I, I'm pretty sure had I not left, had I stayed for one more year, I probably think I'd still be living in Oklahoma and and be very happy, but just not have the life I have now.
0: Was it then when you moved from Jacksonville to L.A.? Mm. uh, Was that easier? Was that still scary?
1: See, and this is like, it was very, so I was planning to move to L.A. And then my brother, so my family, my brother had lived out. He lives in, they live in California as well now, down in like in between L.A. and San Diego. And he, they were wanting to move back So I knew, like, oh, I will have family out there at some point. So I was planning a move, and then he got his job back here. So it happened to be that, like, I was planning to move in May, and then they were moving in June. So I was like, well, I'll just move with you all. Like, (laughs) this just makes sense now. We're all going to go across the country. So I really lucked into I made this move to another very scary city with them, but I had already been planning it. So I I feel like, okay. And then moving to L.A. proper was – I did it on my own. But it was – commutable but I still did like just move up here and I found friends through a work through work and then found a place and that was that
0: you mentioned like the the difference in size of like the people that live in I forgot the name of the no, place you live in Oklahoma still water, Stillwater, Stillwater. Yeah. and then like Jacksonville and LA I assume there's even more people yeah in yeah Jacksonville. it's and that that's like a scary I don't know it's like a weird thing because I moved from Portugal that has 10 mm-hmm. million inhabitants in the whole Mm -hmm. of the country to london that has 10 million million in the city city. (laughs) and that like just the numbers are scary but what does what makes it scary in like a day-to-day scenario (laughs) to be in in a city with so many people
1: i think for me i remember there's a period of time where so tulsa is the city i was raised in and that city has like just under a million people in the whole metropolitan area um so it's sizable but it's not huge and I remember I was living in Stillwater and I went to visit Tulsa and I felt very nervous there. I was like, oh, there's all these, this crime. Like, and I was so scared. And yeah. And then you move, you know, I moved to Jacksonville, which is a big city. And then LA, which is like, like similar to you, it's where I'm from has 5 million people in Oklahoma. There's 5 million people in LA city. <laughs> so, uh, I, it's, I, it's certainly intimidating. I think, cause you know, like there are, there are real dangers there that just don't exist in the other. And and maybe they're there. Like, in Florida, there were drug problems. There were all these problems. There was probably an occasional murder. But per capita, it's probably a little worse here, but not much. But it's all that, you know, per capita within my neighborhood, there's as many people as used to be in the city I was in. Mm-hmm. So that was very... And then also the more daunting thing was, like, you know, paying for everything. Like just <laughs> affording to be in this big city is, like, really difficult. It's not... These, these places are not easy to live in. Uh, you know, I mean, you know more than me because London is like, like for, to step up to LA, I feel like London is the next big step of like, oh, oh boy, that is, that's a whole beast to tackle. So I knew I was going to be dealing with that, but I also, luckily enough, like found a job and then you find friends. And then I had LA because it's such a, like, you know, attracts everyone in the entertainment industry. I like ended up knowing people from high school who ended up moving out here and things like that. So like, it worked out nicely, but, uh, it's just it's daunting to start over again, and I think until you make that first jump, it's really hard to know you can do it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah,
0: you did say that that eventually led to other things that also scared you, and I don't know if any of those things were like starting over in any way, because I also feel like once you're comfortable in that second mm. life you made for yourself, it's hard how to do it, again. Hard, it's, is it it's hard. It's hard. Is it harder? Is it just like, I did it before so I can do it? I feel like... For me
1: personally, uh, it's been it's, – I have the knowledge now. I'm like, okay, if I move somewhere new, the first – I know, like, what communities I'll reach out to. So, like, that makes it – it's more just, like, this is a heart like, you we've all moved, right? You've moved from house to house, and you're like, moving sucks. But I know what that type of suck is going to be, and I know how to deal with it now. <laughs> so, like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to move to a new city, okay, well, I have to find a community. Okay, luckily now I have comedy, so I can kind of reach out in those places. Like – and oh, it's gonna take me. I'll probably have a round of first friends, and then a round of secondary friends that I actually like form tighter bonds. Like that's a weird thing I didn't know, but you learn when you move somewhere new. But it is still very daunting because I've sat around a lot with like, do I want to move out of LA into a different city? Like, do I do I want to just move to London if I can and try that? And and that is still like I'm. It's still very scary to me, uh, leaving again. But it has let me. I feel like I'm much more comfortable with being uncomfortable now uh, mm-hmm. than I ever was before. Like I've done some things in the past couple of years that like were just opportunities that came up that I know for a fact before I would have been like, nope, not gonna do that. Way too scary. Uh, and now I'm just like, all right, well, the worst th- the, the worst thing that can happen is I die. So. Let's go for it. That is that is
0: a, a scary like prospect. I mean, nothing I've
1: done has been like you're gonna die from this. But it is like like so. I did a I had an opportunity to get a free trip to China for three days to to tra- to bring back sh- uh, dogs that were gonna be eaten. And I I'm like that was that was real like because traveling to that country is not easy and very out of anyone's comfort zone if you're not from that part of the world. But I was like, yeah, well, whatever, let's do it. Like the worst thing that can happen is this. And OK, like you just got kind of to roll with it. And I've become more willing to be that kind of person, which I'm very happy about. And that's like all probably from that first move.
0: And now now do you do it consciously? Do you know uh, this is scary, but I'm going to do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about, so
1: I'm I'm in a, am I'm I've done, so I've done a couple, like, it's all travel related, because it's a thing I love, but it also is really terrifying to me. I've done a couple, like, band tours, and there's a moment when I'm, like, when LA just gets out of sight, and my brain goes, like, you could get out of the car right now. You could, you could leave. Like, you could stop this, because you're about to commit to, like, a week of being in this van, and it might not go great, and it's very, and I've been able to finally be like, no, just push that, like, like. It still exists, but I just go, all right, no, I'm just committing to this. I'm just going to be on board with this and see where it goes.
0: That particular scenario, it's not like traveling in a, like, you know, a a bougie way. Bougie way. It's not like super comfortable. It's, you know, you will be uncomfortable in a way, but it's Mm -hmm. because you want to do something with it.
1: Yeah, it's it's the, uh, it's always, and it's weird because we've gone on three or four tours and it's like, it's literally a full band's worth of gear and five people in a minivan. So it is cramped and kind of crazy. But then every time, like, I know that the reward of, like, the first time you play a show or more so, like, the rhythm of being on tour to where, like, for me, it's, I found, like, you wake up and then you drive to the next town and then you do another show and then you pack up. And then, like, it's, like, very, like, there's nothing else to do or think about, which is uh, really, really relaxing in a weird way after Mm. it starts. Up until it starts, it's all anxiety for me. Because also I've figured out in the past couple of years, I have anxiety. Who knew? So
0: You do it consciously, but do you also look for it? Because like another thing that happens is that once you get out of your comfort zone and mm-hmm. do things and you figure out, oh, this was nice in some way. Yeah. When you get out of your comfort zone, something good happens. Most times something good happens. Uh, yeah. So do you look for it? Do you look for opportunities to be scared? And yeah, I'm
1: way more comfortable and i I think this is probably the the ability to be okay being unsure what's going to happen next is partially from that move that move it's all the same kind of thing in my brain and uh improv's a huge part of that (laughs) because i always think of uh because like yeah uh we've done improv together um yeah (laughs) uh, a scene i remember pretty well actually but um i i think about like okay, well, that's the scariest thing most people could think of doing. <laughs> like like getting on stage in front of a bunch of other funny people without any idea what you're going to do and then trying to make them laugh is terrifying. It is terrifying. It's I don't get scared because I've done it a bunch. But still, even then, I've had plenty of shows, even relatively recently, where I'm like a little nervous. So, but that's like taking yourself out of that comfort zone. And I have found like I search for it a lot, but also because like, for instance, like uh, I went to that show in uh, London, Duck, duck goose improv Is yes. That it? yes yeah that was like kind of terrifying and very nerve-wracking especially being uh from out of the country <laughs> like 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 man if i bomb here i'm i'm putting a big old target on my back <laughs> to uh to, to really be shit talked and not that they would that was a very welcoming lovely environment but like that type of but then the rewards are when it goes great it's so much better than you ever think it could be and yeah i've started to have more of a taste of that i think in maybe the past even like 5 years and it's probably because as i've come more confident in like my comedy and then more confident as who i am and then it's allowed me to i guess be braver or just it's not even that you're not scared but you just know that like the worst thing that can happen is i bom- like i've bombed in front of my comedy idols it can't be worse than that so like so all right i guess it's going to be it'll even if it's bad it'll be okay
0: and you did mention that you have anxiety mm-hmm. was that also something Another thing we talked about in other episodes is how mm-hmm. it's also brave to like look for help when you're struggling with your mental health or stuff like that. Yep. Is that something you also agree with and did you have to look for help? And
1: so uh I'll spe- I'll, can I can I'll share a pretty personal story if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah, yes, I would yeah. like that on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: as long as I... you are okay with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with this. Me and my my girlfriend now, we broke up in 2018 yeah we woke up over the summer of 2018 and i uh was very fine with it and then all of a sudden was very not okay with like like had a month of being fine and then and then three months of like being like a mess and i reached out and found like i i basically had like a couple really truly terrible nights of just like why can't i control my emotions so i ended up going to i found therapy I was unemployed at the time, so I was able to find a therapy that was relatively cheap and and affordable and started going and uh, found that help. And then through that realized like, oh, half of the arguments we have have nothing to do with her and have to do with that I'm anxious and I'm uncomfortable in situations when I don't need to be. And it's about a million things about me, because of course it is, because that's what it always is. <laughs> and then since then, it's, it's kind of the similar, it feels similar to whatever kind of it's mainly like i don't it doesn't make that anxiety go away for me but it has made me be able to be like oh that's what that is and now i don't need to like okay yeah i'm scared of that but i can do it because i know it's the worst thing that can happen so when i'm anxious i'm like okay this is not real it's just my brain Mm -hmm. um but i was lucky enough and i had gone to therapy as a really young kid when my parents divorced so that i never had any stigma about it like stigma not stigma stigma (laughs) yeah stigma (laughs) that new pixar movie i never had a stigma about it but i also didn't even think to go look for it until that and now it's like uh, i can't imagine not going like at least once a month usually like usually like twice a month i can't imagine not doing it
0: yeah I have just started doing therapy like a little over a month ago. Mm. And yeah, I'm currently uh, thinking about breaking up with my therapist and looking for yeah. another one because
1: yeah, yeah if it doesn't yeah. click, if it's bad, i I'm, I'm I try to make mine laugh too much is what I <laughs> I'm like I'm like I don't want to talk about something. Let me make a quick joke and uh, but uh, she'll push me through it, which is good.
0: I started during the pandemic, so it's all uh, like on online. Yeah. And in a way, it makes it easier for me because yeah. being in the same room with someone and, like, talking about things, it's uh, weird for me. The first session was actually over the phone, so I wasn't mm. even looking at anyone, and I think it was way better. Mm. But also, maybe it makes, like, it puts boundaries around me that are fancies around me that mm. wouldn't exist if we were in the same room.
1: Yeah, I, I do think, for me personally, I like to be in the same room. Like, I, I well, not I, I like being remote. I like doing it over Zoom. But I, it's better for me if we're in the same room yeah. because an awkward, uncomfortable silence is so much worse when there's someone else in the room and you know they're not going to l- talk first. But also, I've, I've tried to approach it. I remember when I first started going, because I was just like, I was the kind of like crying mess. Like, I was like crying all the time. And listen, you should be, people should cry more than they, than they do. I'm pretty sure of that. If you're laughing a lot, you should probably be crying a, a, a little bit less, but close to equal. Because that's the, a balance of, like, all the stuff happening. But I was, like, I remember I would, in the Uber, because I, I would have to Uber there because I don't have a car. I would, like, start listening to Radiohead and stuff. I would start getting in the zone of being sad. So, like, the second I got in the room, I was, like, let's get our money's worth. And it would just, like, pour out. I, and then afterwards, so many drivers, I'd be, like, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to talk to you right now. I just got out of therapy. And I'd be, like... Put on sunglasses and then just have, like, slowly be, like, weeping on the drive home. But uh, but it worked. It helped. It helped a ton. So that's what's important.
0: I was, like, making the comparison of, like, someone going to gig and listening to music to, to pump themselves yeah. up. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah. now I'm going to get ready to cry.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's just no surprises by Radiohead yeah. on repeat until I get in there.
0: That's a good one. At least it's not I'm a creep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That would be too... Like, it was, man, there was a whole playlist I had that was just, like, sad stuff to get me ready for therapy. Because I found if I don't, I was, like, I'm not here. I view it very much as, like, I'm not here to, like, (laughs) chit-chat. I'm not, and don't get me wrong, I talk and enjoy my my therapist company. But um, this is my time. I viewed it as, like, all my friends are getting sick of hearing me talk about this shit. (laughs) Because I'm very much like, if something's on my mind, I'll talk about it with anybody who's around me. But I'm like, I don't need to burden them with all of this. Let me just unload it on this one person who can help me feel figure it out and doesn't have to be involved in any other part of my life. Yeah. And I think that's like, I if if just therapy was just that concept, it'd be worth it. But then it's also more. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, great. So congrats for starting. That's very brave.
0: It's it's a hard thing cuz it's hard to look for it. It's expensive and then you also mm-hmm. have to try and find things that are affordable and yeah, it's a whole pro- process oh, that yeah. I think isn't, doesn't make it easier cuz mm-hmm. I think if it was being given away for free in the park, it would still be difficult yep. and all those te- steps make it more difficult to to do.
1: But it's good. It's good. It's like joining it's like joining a, a motion gym. <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: great as long as you keep going and don't pay for it just to have the card. As yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Regular Yeah. You the have to go. Yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the spectrum, have you ever not done something for lack of bravery or fear? Oh, a million times,
1: uh, all my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my
1: biggest one with that is in all of my like, it's like in my romantic relationships. That is that is the problem. Uh, by and large, uh, I'm very much a I'm never gonna make the move kind of person because I am so scared of being rejected that I just won't do it. So like, I'm very brave in some things I think. See, there's your cocky person. Yeah, it showed up. But when, I know that for a fact with me with regards to, like, the idea of leaning in to kiss someone and they are, like, not into it is... I, I That would be the end of my life. That's it. That's I'll just go home forever and I'll move back to Oklahoma. I'll start <laughs> a small business and I'll live out my days. So yes, uh, I have a lot of memories of not being brave enough. <laughs>
0: I think like I totally relate to that because I'm also not uh, brave in that sense, and I've been mm-hmm. like in lot of a series series of dates that never mm-hmm. go anywhere because none of us uh, makes the move. Which yeah. I I think I actually think like all the conversation around consent may make that easier, because I, I might so. be more comfortable asking someone if I can kiss them rather than attempting to kiss and they pulling yeah. away. Maybe a yeah. no. Or won't be as jarring.
1: I think it's I mean, I think that conversation is good. To, it's weird that that's like the standard way we do things is. And then at the end, at a at a, at a time you're kind of guessing <laughs> that you hope feels right for both of you, you lean in and you find out. Like that's a dumb way to do things. And it's also a way that's based on uh like 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 stereotypical relations between people that are based on a bunch of bullshit. So like, it's, I think yeah. the conversation back, it sounds super, sounds super, fantastic. I've been in a relationship since 2012, uh, with, the, with this one very short break. So I don't know, it's been a while since, <laughs> since I've been in that position. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's the scariest thing. Like, the idea, oh God, it makes me, uh ugh, makes me, like, like, vi- like, physically ill, of that, that unknowing, but also it's the greatest feeling, like, because I have, like, I have done, I, there have been times in my life where I have bleed in and it worked, and it was great and it worked out. But, man, that, it's so much dread. It's like a roller coaster, but you're not moving. Not a fan. Not a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I was thinking about this, I have been unbrave recently. This is, like, another, this is, like, a, a different, this a very different avenue of not being brave is with, like, the, black lives matter movement and a lot of the virtual activism that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've, cause I'm mixed race. So I've taken a very weird backseat where I don't feel like I can talk, but also I can like, like I don't know where my place is to sit. And it's, I realized like, Oh, it's made me very cowardly towards posting things or putting my foot forward about stuff. So yeah, I'm like, uh, there's another way I'm a coward. I don't Yeah.
0: You... <laughs> but that's a very like i i mean even the other one cuz <laughs> uh, all of them are uh, understandable but it that's a very understandable uh, fear to have especially like in virtual in social media mm. cuz you know you know what can happen you know that, that a bunch of people can jump on you and just complain about what you're doing and that's scary even if you're trying to do like your best and you're trying you're speaking your truth right um mm. it is very scary yeah. so i'm i'm
1: triracial i guess <laughs> I'm part British Canadian and part uh, Lebanese, and then half like uh, good old American black. I'm always like very afraid. I'm like, I feel a certain way about these things, but also I wasn't raised in because my my I was raised more with my mom, so in like a- Arab white-ish American culture, and I went to like private school, but so I'm not like I'm like I don't know if I'm black enough to say some things, but also I I don't. But am I supposed to post? Because everyone's like, hey, white allies were supposed to post. I'm like, well, I'm not that. So I'm always, like, afraid. Of, and then more so, I'm also very afraid of, like, someone. I don't want me saying something to make anyone think that I'm trying to put myself up on, like, some pedestal about anything. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, like, it's not about me, even though I'm in- directly involved in a lot of this now. I It's not... I, I'm not posting these things for my visibility. I'm posting them so, like, other people will see them and understand that maybe they're not alone mm-hmm. in in feeling that way. So it's very – yeah, but then also, like, I'll post something, like – I'll be thinking about it like this, and then I'll post it, like, a couple days after, and then I'm like, and now am I this asshole who, like, who wasn't on the forefront of – like, you know, like, as if there's a wrong time to post, like, that you support a pre- group of people. There's no wrong time. If the yeah. answer is there's not one, but it feels like that because, you know – yeah. Social media is the worst, I think, is the point. It's the worst thing that ever happened to humanity. Uh, the internet's bad. Let's get rid of it.
0: Uh, we wouldn't be doing this if there was no internet. I know. Well, and a we, pandemic. A, cause,
1: yeah. a series of letters. It's a bunch yes. of letters. And it,
0: but it may be, we might get a book
1: out of it. I don't know.
0: What about, like, in your future? Is there anything coming up for which you will have to be brave?
1: I have some, like, really... I have some decisions personally that I'm in the process of, like, making. Uh, I'm also, as ever, I'm very avoidant, which is most people. We don't, like, change, even once, even if you've gotten kind of used to it. So I have some, like, big decisions about where I live and what my life is like that I'm kind of, I'm, mid, I'm in my mid-30s right now. I'm 35. I don't know why I've been saying mid-30s. I'm 35.
0: <laughs> that's exactly and... <laughs> mid-30s. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I've been saying mid-30s like it makes me sound younger or something. I'm like, no, you're... I'm 35
0: and that's okay.
1: So I'm in the process of kind of making what I think most people's decisions they made at like 25 about like, what do I want to do? What, what kind of life do I want? Not what do I want to do, but like, where do I want to live? Do I want to be married? Do I want kids? All those types of things. So I'm hoping that i can make those in a brave way and that and by that i mean for me brave would be making a decision <laughs> like that's kind of <laughs> where i'm at so i'm hoping i can make a decision on those things and like and trust that like even if it's even if it's change either way that they will be okay changes and that i'll be fine through them
0: i'm also 35 mm-hmm. and i also feel like some of the yeah not not to, like i i know i don't want to get married or i have kids mm-hmm. so that's like that's Tied it up, good, but good. also like other things. Like, do I want to keep pursuing this career in the way I am pursuing it, which mm. means I'm not making a lot of money and have to live in a shared house, or do I want to try and get a, a job that pays properly so I can yeah. live by myself? Uh, yeah, it's like a lot, <laughs> and it feels sometimes I feel like I'm I'm a kid and I can't make decisions, and please someone make the decisions for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh Oh, one hundred percent. It's also the problem is, especially with, like, entertainment, comedy stuff, is uh, everyone's story is, yeah, and then I was struggling, and then I made it. <laughs> so you're like, well, is it always just around the corner? Like, like, at any point, realistically, something could change, and then you hit, and then all of a sudden your life's made. And it's not, it's not as if there's, like, oh, I got to this point, someone said yes or no, and then I was done, and I could move on. I, I could be like, that's not for me. Go on to the next thing. <laughs> I think the goal, hopefully, is to make at least, like, like, I found that I'm just trying to be – I care less about being successful in the entertainment industry and more about being creative and making stuff and mm-hmm. making sure I can have a life that's, like, livable at the same time. And that's – I think that's achievable, but it's, like, a little more work. Yeah. I hope. We'll find out. That's
0: that's that's the other thing, right? Because there's there are people around me that have, like, proper jobs and then after work they still do the creative things. I have, like, I, I'm a freelancer, so mm. I, I do work. I don't have a day job, but it's, like, pays less, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's also more flexible, so I can, if I want to, like, take two hours in the afternoon to record the sketch, I can. And if yeah. I was in an office, probably I couldn't. But people do it at weekends, so it's like, mm, yeah. how I need to reframe the way I'm thinking about this. And My live hope by is... Myself
1: with covid that'll make that type of thing more doable because i'm working i lucked out that i got a full-time job two weeks like at the beginning of march of 2020 so and then we went remote two weeks like i was in the office for two weeks and then they're like go home and i think that elements of that are going to stay around for a lot of jobs Mm -hmm. so i i hope that like and, and while it might not give time flexibility, it will cut out commuting and it'll cut out, yeah, you could take your lunch break a little late and film something during your lunch break or like try to make, my hope is that more of that will become doable because no one needs to be in an office for anything. It's dumb. If you're not like a doctor, I think that's it. I think if you're a doctor, you have to be in person. Everything else, I'm trying to think maybe cooks, but even that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not now seeing a doctor perform a surgery in, in, in their room. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. just before yeah, they, going to bed with their yeah. wife. I don't know. Let me knock one out real
1: quick in the, in the yeah. office. then then roll up to bed, take a quick shower, crawl in.
0: <laughs> I just you know, like, my mom is a lawyer, and she, she's she been very annoyed at having to do, uh, like, um, what you call them, to go to court, but virtually. For Zoom, yeah. Because the internet goes down, and then what what's happening? So I also get that. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, lawyers I, and I, doctors can work in hospitals and carts, and everyone yeah. else can work from home. <laughs> yeah,
1: which is fine. They already make more than everybody. else. anyway, so we'll <laughs> kill it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, or more so, maybe it'll be. My hope is it'll be like, all right, you need to come in once a week or once every two weeks. Yeah, like for important things. But then most of the time, if you need to be home, you can be. Home. It's just, it's dumb. Like it's it's dumb that like if you want to be if you want to work, especially like in an entertainment, like if you want to be a writer. If I want to write TV, which is, you know, not going to pay me great. It'll pay me really well when I'm doing it and then no money the rest of yeah. the time, right? I have to live in one of the most expensive cities in the world to do that? That's so stupid. <laughs> to to sit in a room to sit in a conference room with other people and make jokes for 8 hours, you can do that on Zoom. It's not quite the same, but it's pretty close. <laughs> so like, yeah. I don't what are we doing? It makes me so I hope that those types of jobs, because I know this has already shifted. A lot of those, like, people are getting employed out of Hong Kong and Chicago. Yeah. Like, people are getting employed for jobs that they never would have been considered before. And I'm hoping they realize, like, but also it means that all the people who live in those big cities, they're, it just got a lot
0: harder for them to get yeah, jobs. Yeah, a lot of more people will be applying for the same jobs. But,
1: man, Like talent is supposed to, like, hey, like... If you're good, you're good. Which I hate that my answer is hustle harder. Uh, It's so gross. Um, But everyone has a voice and everyone has the right spot for it. And maybe if you get less jobs, but you're living in a city where you could just buy a house. Because, what a crazy idea that would be.
0: Yeah. In the UK, they're doing like the census now, and today is the last day to answer it. So, I finally did. Oh, wow. And I found it really interesting because they're asking us to answer the questions according to what's happening during the pandemic. Mm. So, there's questions about how do you commute to work and uh, do you work in the house or outside the house and i, I i'm just wondering how the census will work because that's not actually representative of normal life right yeah, it's completely... and will they take make decisions based on that and like not fund transportation i don't know <laughs> it's
1: man what a nightmare I hope I hope they fund transportation. That's like my favorite thing about not my favorite thing. It's very close <laughs> though. Is is the transportation in uh, in London specifically? But um, surely, surely they'll figure. How often
0: do they do the census there?
1: Is it ten years or is it?
0: It is like long. I've I've, ne- I've been here for seven years and I don't remember doing a yeah. census. Okay. So
1: that's wild. Yeah, they'll have to figure it out. It must. Yeah, they'll figure. But they'll they'll surely they'll adjust. It would be lunacy <laughs> if they're like. All right. Well, we don't ever have to pay for any public spaces for the next
0: decade. It is. It is also like a, a weird one because like I've seen different opinions about what the census is asking for, and I know the census here works differently than in Portugal. Like in Portugal, they never ask for ethnicity or religion, cause that's like freedom under like the the guise of freedom. But in a way, here the reason why they ask for these details is so they. I know. Once you say, like, uh, this, t- this uh, channel, this TV channel, the BBC, which is the British broadcasting company, uh, is all white people, and that doesn't represent society, they have data to to back that up t- tell that right and we don't in portugal so it's like mm, i don't know <laughs> what's the <laughs> yeah. so i understand those two sides right and also for the first time in these census they asked like questions about gender whether you are the same gender you were assigned at birth and stuff like okay. that and a lot of people are saying hey which is true democracy is currently at risk so uh, no. will they eventually use these to like put us yeah. in camps it's yeah. scary <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah uh, that, that idea would be very silly, like, would feel very silly five years ago. But now I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Everything's kind of up in the air in a nightmare. Although I, I do, I hope that everyone seems to, like, people are generally good, I hope. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, our census was actually fairly, fairly simple. It was just, like, how many, like, it's, I mean, there were some things, I'm trying to remember, I think the big one. Is that they're trying to ask people if they are in the country illegally? Like, who the fuck cares? Like that's also not the point. Like very distinctly, not the point of the census in America. Yeah, it's a it's a scarier time to weirdly, in a time we're talking all about identity and like what your what your identifiers are. It, it seems like more than ever, even though we're more open about that, it also seems like that can be used as ammunition against you, which is yeah. scary. And luckily, I want to say that like America, had I used to believe that America and Great Britain had very different opinions on that stuff. Like I remember I've been, because yeah, we met in London. I've been there a couple times and I have some friends there. And the experience was like, well, there's British people, but then there's like other people who are technically citizens, but aren't real British people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I used to be like, oh, I can't believe it. And I'm like, that's uh, the US is in the same boat where a lot of people think if you're a different color, even though you're an American citizen, that you're not really an American citizen. Yeah, it's gross, but hopefully we'll, I don't know. I don't don't know. We have 300 million guns in my country. I don't know. I don't.
0: (laughs) It is like interesting because like I have been uh, in America, I've only been to New York and I like I've performed in New York and stuff like that. And I I know that every time I perform here, I have an accent that people don't identify. (laughs) But I know I'm foreign. And I think that messes up with people's minds. And I do think like, There's no one that hasn't trained to have like the RP accent that is on TV or like they're Mm -hmm. they're started to. Yeah, because then it's not only my accent is also like the northern accent, Mm -hmm. British northern accent that you don't hear as much on TV. And there's like um, preconceptions about that, prejudgments about it. And like I see when I'm performing, I feel the audience. Like something happens where until I say, hey, I'm foreign, I'm Portuguese, um, you will understand me. Just come with me yeah. to my stand-up set. Yeah. In New York, that didn't happen. I didn't feel like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, New York is, and I think LA, I would like to believe LA is in the same amount. New York is like the melting pot. LA is pretty close. New York, I think they enter, I think all the different types of people interact with each other more in New York. But I think there's probably more types of people in LA. But mm-hmm. that's like what our thing is. So, uh, that's what I thought our thing was. But apparently, uh, a lot of people who live in my country don't think that's what our thing mm-hmm. is. Yeah, and that sucks. So that might be maybe if if you see me having to be a freedom fighter, that'll be a show of bravery. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I have tried to. Oh, this maybe this maybe will loop in is I have tried to be more. So I'm from Oklahoma, which is obviously a very conservative place. All of the 77 counties in Oklahoma voted for Trump in 2020. Uh, so even the more liberal parts of, like, the cities even still went overwhelmingly. And my girlfriend's from a very remote, small small town. There are, as you would imagine, some very, they're very sweet people, but with still some very small town conceptions of things. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to more and more not keep my mouth shut if someone says something that I disagree yeah. with. And not out, of, and try, but also in trying to temper my, um... I don't know about you, but every time, like, if I hear someone say something that I'm like, that's not, it's not necessarily racist, but it's certainly, like, or even not just wrong, like, just inaccurate. Like, with COVID, obviously, there's a lot of that happening. The instant response is to want to, like, yell and scream and be like, no, you're an idiot. You're wrong. You're so, like, because in your brain, you've already had that fight a million times with this person, even though, and I've tried to go, you haven't talked to this person yet. You've never spoken to them they are still a person and if you yell at them right now you're not nothing's going to come from that and it's also not fair to them cuz they weren't part of that fight you had with them in your head so give them a chance and maybe that fight won't happen but i have tried to be more um, proactive yeah and being like hey no i don't i don't i'm not playing with that no 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 like there's a couple people down there who i'm like no nah, I, I don't i don't fuck with you dude we're not you and i are not going to talk and we're not friends because i'm not on what you're on And be okay with that, you know? I don't have to be friends with people who suck. Who the says that?
0: I think there's, like, an interesting point, or at least for me, there was an interesting point where I started doing that more consciously, right? And, like, at a party, at a dinner party, if someone says something that is... I will call it out. And then I realized that I wasn't as welcome at dinner parties because something always happens. But also... Fuck them! Fuck them! And I'm happy... happy or not having dinner parties with these people. So, yes, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the shitty thing
1: is, like, if you – that's why people don't want to, because it's rocking the boat. But the yeah. thing is, if you say some shit that's, like, fucking offensive and shitty, that's the rocking the, – like, I've – this is – okay, so this has been another thing, a way I've framed, like, a lot of, you know, uh, in comedy, especially in L.A., there's been a lot of uh, male comedians who, it turns out, are real pieces of shit and i was even like i was on a i was on a uh, team at ucb with someone who was asked to leave the team by ucb because of one of those sins and i remember like i had that we all have that feeling of like oh no like how do i deal with this and i don't want to and and like or like if if we hear like our friend is someone shitty we all want to be like well oh no but our friend i don't no, man your friend did that shit. That's not my fucking yeah. burden to bear. Like, like if a dude is shitty, I'm so sorry that my friend is shitty. Fuck it. Like, I think we're not willing just to be like, hey, I didn't put anyone in this situation. This person did, and fuck them for putting people in this situation. Me, both the person they hurt, and also us as their friends for having to feel like we have to fucking defend them. Fuck them. Like, bye. <laughs> and uh, which, of course, is the opposite of the uh, they're a person. But also, I don't, I don't need to. There's a weird. We all feel like we need to defend. Or somehow it hurts me to be like, no, that sucks. I'm sorry that that person lied to me and hurt you. That's a nightmare. I don't know why people feel the need to defend anybody for that. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. And I think, like, because even if you, if there is space for any kind of atonement at some point, right now there needs to be consequences, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's not my fault that
1: you did something shitty. I'm sorry. Like, fuck off. Like, uh, it also, yeah, that's the other thing. People want atonement without ever actually having to have any types of consequences yeah. for it. And, and I'm, uh, there was a period of time where I was dumber and I was like, well, we have to give some people a path back. And I, now I'm like, no, no, no. You need to be able to admit what the fuck you've done. <laughs> and then we can fucking kind of think about it. But also some of this shit, man, I don't need to know you. Like, I don't need to know people who are fucking awful. But I think people assume that like, I don't know. People suck, man. I wish they didn't suck. And it's not my fault that they suck. All I can do is not suck. <laughs> that's like... Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's like really... Yeah,
0: we, we're only responsible for ourselves, right? So yeah. that's, that's, that's it. But uh, talking of sucky people, what who are the people who are not sucky and who, who are an example, either fictional or real in your own life or like a famous person that are for you an example of bravery?
1: I, I can... I'll hold up... I got a couple... I do think in my personal life I think my brother is a very brave person and my sister-in-law they're both very brave I'm just very like they were in the military my brother was in the military and not that's not what I think is necessarily a brave thing Mm -hmm. but he did that to like kind of try to make a better life for him and his wife and then they have a bunch of kids and they have kids you know they've I think given up what would have been their some of their life goals in exchange for one that's a little more important. And they're also, like, (laughs) I always view them as, like, uh, a lot of real shitty people are having, like, a hundred kids. So I'm really happy, like, good people are also having a bunch (laughs) of kids. And then, uh, like, I'm not fictional, but, like, a pop culture figure that I always saw as brave is weirdly, and this is, I think, uh, for me, Anthony Bourdain is kind of, like, my only, like, really celebrity hero in that I think, like, Opened up, like, a lot of both being able to have, like, a bad past or, like, like a rougher past and being okay with that and, like, being mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's part of my life and now that's not part of my life. But also just being willing to embrace people of other cultures and trying to actually see deep. Like, I think that's – I travel a lot. I feel like that's, like, why so many people travel a lot now is because of his shows. But it's also, like, a different way of traveling where you're not just going to resorts. You're actually, like, trying to embrace – cultures where you're at and yeah. understand the places and not at a, at a deep i'm actually trying to visit places not just visit different beaches mm-hmm. so for me that was like a very brave person i think yeah that's yeah <laughs> so. and
0: also like as a as someone who i don't know like because we live in a in a patriarchy, patriarchal society mm-hmm. slight of misogynistic society yeah. and where like male mental health is also like a big thing that is part of it right it's it's the issues related to men struggling with their mental health are also like um a fruit of the patriarchy because men are Mm -hmm. meant to be strong and powerful and take care of us weak women he was also happy to talk about his mental health yeah so that's like also cool
1: yeah i think that's um yeah i think it's really important and you know even like in like you know in his past he's like an odd like sometimes you don't win that battle and that's okay. Like there's a lot of things that yeah. uh, And I think, yeah, I, I've i always looked up to that. And, it, and I, I feel like it's like such a fucking cliche answer, but it's the truth is that I, I genuinely look up to that person. He's like one yeah. of the very few celebrities I feel like I actually look up to.
0: It is my last question. Uh, mm-hmm. The only other thing I will ask, mm-hmm. because I've made you think about bravery and maybe mm-hmm. you thought about something that I haven't asked you. And you want to share it? I do think,
1: with regards to bravery, I think it's—I think a lot more people are brave than think they are. <laughs> and I think it's—and uh, in and, and thinking about this, it made me I, I, how do I? We all j- want to be humble and modest and not uh, self-absorbed, but I—I I think it's very brave for people to speak, even speaking out. In a, making a facebook post about something seems like something that shouldn't be considered a brave act but mm-hmm. i think right now and it's all about how it feels that can be very brave like i think i really do think that more people are being brave and upfront about things that are very important and changes that need to happen and i'm happy to see it and i think we can count that as bravery without um qualifying it anymore yeah. i think we just like yeah that is brave and that's okay
0: yeah and that's a that's great because like we you always think yeah as you said like you've never rescued someone from a sinking ship yeah. and that's like usually the thing like you we always think of big acts of bravery as what is is bravery and maybe there's a spectrum and if we just qualify it as bravery even if it's like the smaller side of the spectrum yeah it makes it so more uh, it normalized yeah so like the only thing that's missing is whether you have any plugs you can listen to drack and the swamp rats the
1: band you can uh listen to uh the podcast things are going great for me with j claude deering Uh, i'm a producer on that and one of the co-hosts at the top and that's it this has been so fun thank you so much for having
0: me thank you so much for chatting to me on (laughs) sunday morning
1: (laughs) it's been a blast this has been so fun
0: Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at at on Twitter and Instagram for all dowry updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your picks of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champanon for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Fajdov, until next week.